do. Good morning, and it is time for the next podcast. I think it's episode 12, and uh, we're now coming to Denmark. Uh, no more bugging around. Um, I did actually, before I came here, I went home for Christmas and New Year's. Uh, ended up having a big fight with our dad. <laughs> And walking was on New Year's night, and uh, by this time, Mum and Dad are living way out the country. And my older brother Rory, he's got the old house I grew up in, and uh, I went out with with my mum, my dad, and my youngest brother Brendan. And um, I don't know, sort of later in life. Me and Dad, we didn't really see eye to eye. I mean, one of one of the biggest problems uh, we had, uh, which we talked about later on, was was that um, you know when I left school, I didn't join his company, and sort of like the bottom line was he he had too much. I don't know. I guess you could call it pride to ask me if I wanted to join the company and work for him and if I had it done my life would have ended up being completely different has to be said um and I, I you know uh, when I got to be a, an older lad I was about 15 16 and he still had me on you know virtually pay wise nothing and I was definitely doing the work of a man and uh you know, when you were one of his sons out in the woods with the other fellas, there, you know, you couldn't be stood there smoking a cigarette or whatever. You had to, you know, you had to lead by example, you know. And so I worked hard and uh, as hard as anybody else and harder than some others. Um, so as far as I was concerned, uh, I should have been getting a, a reasonable wage. I wasn't expecting a a full wage, but I was expecting, you know, a, you know, a good wage. So, uh, I said it to him this, uh, this one time I, you know, I said to him, listen, you know, <laughs> you know, I've been on 50 pence a week, uh, which is nothing. I mean, 50 pence is a dollar a week, American. Um, you know, since I've since I was about five years old, you know, I don't think it's about time to that I got a pay rise. And uh, he says, uh, he says, oh, you think you sh you should get a pay rise? I said, yeah. So he says, um, well, you've uh, you've got clothes on your back, haven't you? I said, yeah. Food in your stomach? I said, yeah. And I, by this time I knew which where we were going with this. And uh, a warm bed to sleep in? I said, yeah. And he said, well, what are you complaining about then? So I said, fair enough, Dad. And so the sort of, the battleground was set. I sort of basically on that, on the spot, decided that you know not, whatever happened when I left school I wasn't going to be working for him and actually that summer um, 
just up to the summer, one of my friends, Owen Clackworthy, he said to me, um, oh, he said, you know, um, they need they need some uh, some lads to help with the Roman digs. Now, every summer, they, they'd come from various universities, archaeologists, and do a lot of digging around Sirencester, the town I grew up in, um, digging up old Roman artefacts and whatnot. Um, and there's an old Roman wall in Sirencester and everything. He said they're looking for, you know, some some lads to do the heavy digging, you know. And uh, so we went up, me and him, and got a job. And I think, jeez, oh, it was about fifteen pound a week. It was a lot more than fifty p, that's for sure. And uh, so I didn't say nothing to the old fellow until what would normally happen then would be up to the school holidays. And it has to be also said there'd be times when. Uh, if they were, you know, pressed and you know, work-wise out in the woods, you know, they'd, they'd take me out of school and, um, you know, write to the school or ring to the school and say, oh, he's sick or whatever, and I'd have to go out and work in the woods for a week. <laughs> you know, so anyway, I didn't say nothing. And then what normally happened then when you got the school holidays, and it has to be said, I don't think I ever, I don't think I had a real holiday ever in my whole life until I was about 18. 1819. Anyway, um, otherwise I always had to go to work. Um, so I waited, and normally what happened is, you know, on the the Friday that you know the the school holiday started, which was six weeks. Um, all the lads had come in to get their pay and whatnot, and then Dad had said, right, next week, uh, you know you guys are going to go to this place, you guys are going to go to that place, you guys are going to go to that place. And of course, then he'd then include me and say, Piers, you're going to go with whoever. And so, you know, he got around to one. I said, oh, just a minute. I said, I'm, I'm not going out to the woods this, this summer. He said, what? I said, I'm not going out. He said, what do you mean by that? I said, uh, I've got another job. He said, doing what? And I said, I put the Roman digs. He said, what? And I said, yeah, they, they need some, some lads to do the heavy digging. So I'm going to go up there and uh, they're going to pay me £15 a week. And if you can match that, then I'll work for you. And he just looked at me and he said, well, if they're dumb enough to pay you £15 a week, they're welcome to you. And so the sort of the battle lines were set. So uh, a year later, I left school and um, he was sort of, I said, waiting for me to sort of come and ask if uh, if I could work for him. And uh, I went to, uh, to the competition. And, um, you know, later in life, when we talked about it, you know, he sort of said, well, you know, I had, and he, we both agreed that it was stupid. <laughs> You know, he said, I had too much pride to ask you, and I should have done, because you were the only natural forest man in the whole family. And I should have stopped being so stubborn. And I said, well, you know, I guess I must be a chip off the old block then, because I was too stubborn to ask you. Um, but anyway, um, um this particular, just before I came to, 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 to Denmark, I went home and, um, and we ended up, we went, we went off out and, and uh, 
and there was a good bit of drinking done and mum and Brendan ended up having an argument and then me and dad started sort of basically we started trying to placate them and then it ended up me and him had a big old argument and I ended up having to walk home I didn't have to but I did just to prove that you know I didn't care if it was 10 miles or however it was bloody a long walk on a new year's day morning um freezing cold too um, and I walked all the way home and uh, I, that was it. I kind of, on that walk, I sort of thought to myself, you know, what are you doing? You know, you're making the effort to come home here and, you know, most of the time they they treat you like a bum because, you know, you're a backpacker and you like travelling around the world and you, you've not got your own business like some of the other lads had. Um, um, so why bother coming here? You know, what do you need these people for? Um, you know, you're, you're doing pretty well on your own. So I kind of basically on that walk made my mind up that uh, that would be the last time. And um, I left then and went back back to Munich. And uh, I said then in, oh, I don't know, it was... Pretty soon after, I thought I'd, I'd go up, come up to Denmark and have a beer with these two Danish people I'd met on my travels, Torben and Weber. And um, so my idea was I'd just sort of come up and and um, it was supposed to be a long weekend. And uh, I got up on a on a Thursday, I got up here, and uh, this place called Skagen, which is uh, or Skagen, um, which is right right on the northern tip of Denmark. Um, lovely little place, um, um, very special little place actually. Anyway, I got up there, and. Uh, um, it was a Thursday night, and so, you know, got in and whatnot, and old Torben says to me, will we go out and have a beer? I said, yeah, but, you know, yeah. So off we go, and we go out to this place called um, Visa Vertus, uh, and that means uh, uh, Visa is like a, like a song, and Vertus is a pub. Um, so song pub. Uh, so off we go to this place, and it's still, ex it's still existing, get in there and the beers are flowing and I kind of, it was, it was a very strange experience because I kind of felt at home immediately and the beers were flowing and the, there was a good crack going on and, and I mean, I, I love Germany. I've still got some great friends down there but and I can't put my finger on it but there's something different about the Germans than there is us lot. The, the British and of course Scandis, you know, there's been a sort of fairly large Scandinavian influence in Britain as well, but I, it's, it, you know, I kind of get the Danes, and and there's there's something about the Germans that's just totally <laughs> different to the way I am. <clears throat> but when when that said, I, you know, I've got some very good German friends. I'm not I'm not being disrespectful um, at all. But anyway. So the beers are blowing and 
there's a right good crack going on and then this got they had this guy playing it he was a, an amazing blues guitarist and singer a guy called Tor and he really was I thought wow this guy's really good there but he was a terrible alcoholic so he'd uh, you know he'd get really drunk while playing <laughs> and the crack was they'd all then start making fun of him and then he'd get really angry and he'd start throwing the guitar and just getting angry. And I, I mean, it was, I, I thought it was a shame because he was bloody good. I saw him a couple of three times um, and the same thing happened every time uh, where where these, you know, the young fellas would be saying stuff to him and whatnot and then he'd get upset and uh, I thought it was a real shame because I'd rather just hear the guy play. But uh, he was playing away there and... We then left there and went round to this place called Scanson, um, which doesn't exist anymore, sadly. Great sort of dance hall kind of place. And they had this couple playing and they played there. I think they played there all the time. Uh, anyway, we get round there and they're playing and, and, uh, and they were awful. But it was so bad it was good. So I kind of I got what it was about. <laughs> they were really, a couple called Susie and Leo um really bad and um but it was so bad it was good and people are dancing and, and all the rest of it. and then the next thing you know these two fisher guys start fighting and me and old torben went to get in between them and i thought this is just, <laughs> this is great this is just like being at home anyway um good night and um the following day um I got offered, uh, he knew the forester out in the local little forest out, up, up in this place called Skagen. And, and I mean, the thing about that was it was uh, what they call a clit plantage. That means um, basically it's a forest grown on sand and, um, and basically to stop the ocean basically encroaching on the tiny little bit of land that was left up there. Um, and a very interesting, you know, if you're, you know, if, you, if you're a, you know, a woodsman, to work in a place like that is, you know, it's not every day you can put that on your CV, you know, that you've worked in a place like that and a uh, gorgeous place too. And uh, next thing you know, this, this the forester out there said to me, well, you, you know, we need a, we need a guy at the moment. Are you interested? And I said, well, yeah. I said, you know, it's been some years since I've worked in the, in the woods. And um, so he said, well, you know, when can you start? And I said, well, if you give me, you know, a couple of weeks, I'll go down and get my gear and I'll come come back up. And I mean, my initial plan was to to stay up there for uh, about a year and then uh, either go back down and, 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 you know, do the October festival again or or just move on. Um, you know, it was certainly not my plan to to make Denmark my home base for the next 35 years, but that's basically what's happened, because here I am sitting here now, um, not in Skaien anymore, but, but down, down, uh, down country. And um, so, yeah, I, you know, I went up and I started working up there, and uh, I said it was a very, very interesting place to to be um i got this girlfriend then 
and uh, um, it wasn't it wasn't too far from Christmas. It took a while before I got a girlfriend, but anyway, I got this girlfriend. We've been going out for a couple of three months, and um, it gets to Christmas, and. Um, Yeah, her mum didn't like me very much. <laughs> but that's because I wouldn't do what she wanted. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, the thing was this, is that, now if you're working out in the woods uh, all week long, you, when it gets to the weekend, you're tired. And like, her mum always wanted to go off visiting relatives and stuff. And I mean, I didn't really speak very much Danish. So for me, it was, I mean, I will say this, if you want to learn a language, the best thing you can do is be completely isolated in an environment where people only speak the language that you want to learn. That's the best way to do it. If you've got people speaking English all around you, then you will gravitate towards them because it's easier. You know, it's as simple as that. Uh, I know, I know people here uh, that have been here for thirty years and they can, you know, hardly speak a word of Danish and. They can't read a newspaper. They can't follow what's going on politically. They don't really know much about Denmark and Danish people. And for me, that's that's a very small world to live in. Um, and you know, personally, I, I'm a little bit more inquisitive. But when that's said, uh, in the beginning, it's it's really tough. And, uh, you know, because you really don't really understand what the hell has been said around you. And I'm like, you know, you go off to some party or something like that or a whole weekend with these people and uh, they're all having a great time. And you're basically just sitting there and you know, with a grin on your face. Um, um, but it, it's, it, it gets kind of boring pretty bloody quickly. Um Plus, you know, if you're working all week in the woods, you're bloody tired. I mean, you know, uh, it, it's hard work. Um, they figured out in the forest school here in Denmark that when you work cutting timber all day long, you use the same amount of energy that an astronaut needs to be shot into space. So you can sort of figure out yourself that obviously, um, you know, that's an awful lot of, you're tired when it comes to the weekend and uh, you can eat what you want as well. Um, which is good. Um, but anyway, this this one time, uh, I just got sort of... And it was every weekend and it was always... You'd have to go off bloody miles off down the country and you wouldn't get home till one o'clock on a Sunday morning and I'd have to be up at six in the morning to go off out to the woods, you know. And... Uh, so anyway, I, I, I was around there on a Thursday night or something. And um, she says, oh, you know, um, oh, we're going off down to visit these relatives. This this particular week in a place called Skern, which is like a fucking three-hour drive. There were no motorways or anything back then. So I said, oh, you know, I think I'm just going to stay at home. And... Um, I looked over at the girl and I could see this sort of frightened look in her eyes and the father, he didn't seem to want to get involved either. And so your woman, she looks at me and she says to me, why not? I said, oh, I'm just tired. I said, you know, I want to just 
sit, you know, hang out here and at home and uh, maybe go to the pub, have a couple of beers and just chill. And she said to me, um, don't you like my family? So I said, oh, I don't think that was that what I just said. <laughs> and she, she said, well, why don't you want to go? I said, I just told you why I don't want to come. I'm tired. I said, I work hard all week long. And, and the idea of having to, you know, get in a car Friday night, drive four or five hours off somewhere uh, and not get home until 12, one o'clock at night on a, on Sunday is just not appealing to, to me. I said, I'm, you know, I'm basically I'm not refreshed when I have to go back to work on, on a Monday morning and I, and I need to be. So she kind of looked at me and um, I went off then back to my flat and didn't think more about it. Until then, the Friday, I'm, I come home from work and she, the lady's sitting in the car there and I'm thought, oh wow, I wonder what she's doing. And um, she uh, got out of the car and she said, right now, you go in and get your things and get in the car and we're going to go off to see my relatives. I said to her, wow, I said, yeah, I said, we've got some sort of misinformation or we don't seem to understand each other here. I said, I said, I don't have anything against your relatives at all. I said, I think they're really nice people. I, I said, but... You need to understand, I'm tired, I, I just wanted to stay at home this weekend. So I don't mind going there, I said, but, but it's every weekend. And I just don't want to do that anymore. I'm too tired and I need to uh, recuperate and just, you know, chill out, have a few beers, whatever. Watch a bit of football on the TV um, and be fresh for Monday morning. And she said, you know... Stop being stupid. You, you either do what I tell you or I'm going to make sure that my daughter breaks up with you. And I said to her, well, you know, I said, you know, here's the thing. I said, that's, that's a ridiculous comment. I said, bottom line is if that's uh, the way it is, then, you know, good luck to you. <laughs> I won't be coming ever again and I, I probably won't be coming out to your house if it's like that. Anyway, just sort of the battle lines, once again, the battle lines were drawn and... Um, I don't know, about a couple of months later, a month later or whatever, it was Christmas. And, I'm, you know, I'm supposed to be going out there for Christmas. Now, where I come from, it's you know, the 24th is the, one of the biggest nights in town. We, everyone goes out and uh, has a few beers and sees their friends and has a bit of a party and a bit of a laugh. And over here, it's the same here in Denmark. Uh, it's all about bloody going home and being with your family and they all run off to church uh, in the afternoon, the one time of the year. Um, um, and, it's, you know, without being rude, it's so bloody boring. And, and most of them don't want to do it themselves. I mean, when I was a taxi driver, the amount of people that I'd, I'd meet um, in the car and driving them here, there, or everywhere, and you know we get talking about Christmas, and they and people would say to me, especially the fellas, "What are you going to be? You know, what about you? What are you doing for Christmas?" And I just say to them, "Whatever I feel like." And they say, "What do you mean?" They say, "Well, you know, I normally just hang out at home and uh, have a nice meal and watch the life of Brian um, on the twenty fourth, 
and then I uh, on the 25th I go down to the village pub and there's all the young'uns come down there and uh, have a few beers with them a few games of pool and then on the 26th I go into the English pub in town and uh, watch some football and uh, they often look at me and they go do you realize how lucky I am because they don't want to do it themselves um you know, it's I, I, they do it because it's the one time of the year, and you know, if if they say no, then they're probably going to get a very negative reaction. Uh, people are going to think they don't like them, and blah blah blah. Anyway, um, um, so I actually went to work on the morning, and on the way back to my flat, I saw this friend of mine, Michael. So I said, to him, "Come on, let's go and have a beer." So we went down to to the pub, and. Um, and we had about four pints. And Danish beer is good beer. So we had about four pints. We ended up back at my place. And, uh, yeah, we we smoked a little joint. And then I started playing uh, this flamenco jazz guitar music I play. <laughs> or used to play. It's been a while since I played. And um, I I knew that, it, you know, if, it, that it sort of kind of, you know, it really buggered people up in their head, you know. And anyway, next thing you know, I'll... Michael's spinning out. He had to lie down. So I, I, I got myself ready and I went out to to the girlfriend's place. Get out there and... Um, and uh, go in. And the woman, she immediately gets... Where the hell are you being? And we've been waiting all afternoon. I said to her, oh, I've just been to a couple of pints. Yeah, but what are you doing? And I said to her, listen, take it in. I'm here now, you know. And uh, that's apparently not what you... Well, I've since since found out that, you know, you don't you do not do that here. You, you sort of, you know, around one, two in the afternoon, they congregate at each other's homes. So uh, I didn't know, did I? And... Uh, Um, anyway, we're there. It's me, the girl, the mother, the father, and then the, the mother's mother and one of her brothers. And this guy, he was heavily sedated. I don't know. I think he... Huge big bloke. Great big red beard. Jens Peter, his name was. And... Uh, I don't know. Um... <laughs> he'd done something to a little girl or something like that I think they told me um, uh, when he was younger and uh, had to be sedated or something like that I don't know and he was a great big guy and he smoked these horrible really stinking cheap cigars basically chain smoked them and a great big red beard on him and uh, we were sitting there anyway and uh Personally, at home, the Christmas lunches, you know, you've got beef, pork, chicken, ham, you've got every vegetable under the sun, you know, loads of food. And uh, that's not the traditional Danish uh, uh, Christmas food is, is sort of like a bit of pork and some brown potatoes they call them they it's like small potatoes and they 
and they they uh, roast them on well, they don't really roast them they put them in a pan with sugar and butter so they go brown they're actually quite nice um white potatoes red beet which is horrible uh and that's it <laughs> and then generally after that they have uh um creamed rice uh, and they put a it was a, a mantle a little nut in one in the one portion and then if you get the mantle you get you get the, the mantle present uh it's like a little game uh but it's not bloody it's not i mean i as said you know i've been out in the woods most of the day so i was pretty bloody hungry and uh so i, I basically went to bed hungry anyway in the middle of the night um i'm lying there in bed totally pitch black and uh i wake up and um First thing I notice is the stink of these, <laughs> the stink of these cigars. I'm thinking, what the, you know, what the, you know. Anyway, the next thing you know, I I, I look over in the corner and I see then the glow, the end, the glow of of one of these cigars in the corner. <laughs> so he says, um, Jens, is that you? And he went, yeah. I said to him, uh, what are you doing in here? You're sitting in the bloody corner. Well, me and the girl were in the bed. And he said, oh, yeah. he couldn't sleep. I said, yeah, yeah, that, that's good. I said, but you know, you can't be in here. So I got up and uh, helped him back to his own room. Um, the following morning, we then went off to uh, miles away. Oh, Jesus, man. We had to get up about five in the morning. Something ridiculous to get to this place. Um, you know, it took hours to get there, and uh, it kind of—I mean, I—I uh, I said it to the girl too. I said, "Well, how come these people never? You know, it all seems to be us going to them, <laughs> as opposed to them coming up to us." Um, so anyway, we we get to this place about ten in the ten eleven in the morning. This is on the twenty fifth. And uh, um, big old farm. Um, we go in there. And there's loads of people there, and they kind of put sort of tables where they fit throughout the whole ground floor. And I end up in a room with this with these young lads, about four or five of them. And then there was food. I will say that on the on the on the twenty fifth, they had these Christmas. Eulafor Costa, that's what they call them. Um, uh, it's like a Christmas party, and there's bloody loads of food, good food too. And uh, so anyway, I'm in there in this room there with these young fellas, and uh, we're eating away and having a few beers and whatnot. And the last thing I remember is my girlfriend's dad coming in, and he sat down next to me, and he said, "Right, we're going to play this." Uh, this dice game and he said uh, I said oh fair enough so he says uh, and the loser has to drink a wine glass full of this yeah basically 99% proof um, potato snaps Akvit and of course I didn't know uh, how strong this stuff was 
And uh, he said to me, you know, the loser has to drink a, a wine glass full of that. And um, I said, was that strong? He said, no, nah, no. Nah. He said, we give it to, you know, we give it to little babies when they're crying and whatnot. And um, so, of course, you know, the long and the short of it is within half an hour, I drank two thirds of a bottle of that stuff. And the next, and that's the last I remember. <laughs> the next thing you know, it just went boom in my head there. And, you know, obviously they, they, they told me afterwards what, what happened. Uh, I ended up going into the main room where this woman had sort of like a sort of beautiful Christmas decoration. And I just rugby tackled that and went outside. And then someone was backing out in the car and the, they knocked me down and, and then I, I started getting, uh, they couldn't sort of get anywhere near me. I was kicking and whatnot. And uh, then I got an ambulance because I'd been run over by a car and they couldn't pacify me. And then they got the, some policemen and they couldn't pacify me. Um, eventually they did. After a, your man, her, her dad said to me, I'd never seen anything like it. <laughs> he said, you had four fellas trying to calm you down and, and, and the police were trying to put uh, handcuffs on me and they couldn't. He said, I've, I've just never seen anything like it. Um, he said it was like you had sort of some sort of super strength. It took him about, you know, 45 minutes to finally get me up on this stretcher and strap me in. They then took me off to this hospital and um, The girl said to me there afterwards too, she said, the worst thing is, she said, we were stood there in the hospital in the, uh, in the hallway and you were in a room and we stood there trying to discuss what we're going to do with you. Um, and she said, and the whole time you're singing some sort of Irish rebel song. <laughs> and, um, you know, the police said to, to her dad, uh, you know, can't you put him in the boot of your car? And and take him back up home. And Finn said, uh, he said to him, listen, I can't, uh, I'm not taking responsibility for, for this guy in the condition he's in. You, you've seen him yourself. You, uh, God knows what he might do. And uh, so I ended up, they decided to put me in the, in the drunk tank for the night. And uh, so I wake up some hours later. And I've never been in a prison cell in my life. Uh, before then and never since either but uh, a minute I opened my eyes I knew exactly where I was I couldn't remember anything my face felt really funny uh, so I thought oh shit I must have got into a fight with somebody and uh, I've been arrested so I get up and I'm I'm walking around this cell trying to f see if there's an intercom or some button you can push so you can communicate with someone and there's nothing. So I used the tried and true method of just hammering on the door. <laughs> and then I, this, this, I heard this voice, hey, cut it out. So I stopped and, uh, um, yeah, this guy said to me, stop banging on the door, you bloody. And I said, yeah, fine. I said, um, how did I get in here? And he said, oh, he said, um, no, I said to him, where am I? He said, uh, oh, you're in Fre Fredericia, Arast. 
This was like the, a jail in this town. Uh, well, a police station. The cell was in the police station, but in the jail. Um, and and uh, he said, you've been run over by a car, and he said, you know, your friends are going to get you, come and get you tomorrow morning. I said, what? I said, I've got run over by a bloody car, and you, you throw me in prison? What kind of a country is this? He said to me, listen, you know, just shut up, lie down. No blanket, <laughs> or nothing like that. Uh, lie down, and uh, your friends are coming in the morning. So I remember sort of walking around, just the frustration of not being able to go out that door. I'll never forget that. Um, I guess probably if you do go to prison, you get used to that. But uh, let me tell you, you know, it's not, it's not a nice feeling to be in a place where the doors are locked and you you can't just you know come and go as you please. So anyway, eventually I did lie down and the next thing you know, I, I hear this rassle, 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 the door opens and uh, there's this young policeman there. And uh, I sit up and I, I see this sort of shocked look on his face. And uh, I said to him, how the hell did I get in here? And he said, um, oh, he said, I think you got run over by a car and you've... I said to him, what the, what's going on? I said, you know, I get run over by a car and you throw me in a prison. He said, listen, I've just started work. He said, your friends are here to pick you up. And, um, they're waiting upstairs. He said, and you might want to put some water on your face <laughs> before you go up there. So I go out into this at the end of the hall and there, sort of like a wash basin, but it was like a, a metal mirror, not a glass one. So it was all sort of, uh, it was all sort of distorted anyway. And I could see that my face looked bloody. I mean, my nose was all over the joint and black eyes and big scrapes on my head and whatnot. And uh, I thought, oh, Jesus. So I go upstairs then, and there, and there are, there's uh, my girlfriend's parents stood there, and they're having a nice chat with this sergeant. He says to me, "Good morning. Do you have a nice night?" And I said, "No, I didn't have a nice night." <laughs> and they're they're talking away with this guy, and I'm thinking, "Shall we go, or are we going to stand here all day?" So we finally leave, and um, on the way out the door, the mother says to me, "Are you a psychopath? What are you doing, drinking all that?" potato snaps and I said well and it was the last thing I could remember I said well you know Finn said we were going to have a little game and he's sort of looking over the place and she said what and I said well Finn said we were going to have some sort of a little game and uh, the the loser had to drink a whole wine glass full of that of that stuff and uh I ended up having, you know, two of them, two or three of them. And she said, what? And this woman, she went ballistic. And the problem was this, it was all the way. <laughs> I mean, this is, I had the king of hangovers. I've never felt so bad in my life. All the way from this town, Fredericia, all the way back up to the north of Denmark. Uh, like a four-hour drive. And she went on and on and on. And it was just, oh... They drove me home, dropped me off, and off they went. And, you know, off to have the rest of their cosy little Christmas. And there I was sitting there with a 
looking like bloody Quasimodo. I'm telling you, my face was totally fucked up. And uh, he came around then a few days later and he was sort of more or less impressed by it. Oh, I have never seen anything like him, blah, blah. Yeah, I've never seen anybody fight off four fellas like, like like you did and all this stuff. And I said to him, yeah, yeah. I said to him, but here's the thing, Finn. <laughs> when this, the girl would, wouldn't have anything to do with me anymore. She thought I was a psychopath. Um, um, probably encouraged by her mother. Um, but um, I said to him, here's the thing, Finn. I said, when this, when this uh, hangover is over with, I'm coming for you. He said, what? I said, you could have bloody killed me, you lunatic. He said, oh, come on, you know. And I said to him, nah. I said, mate, you're, you know. You could have bloody... I said, look at me, you bastard. <laughs> so I don't know, about a month or two later, I saw him in this shop. He his back to me and I went up and I tapped him on the shoulder and he turned and I gave him a right good... Did a Will Smith on him, actually. I slapped him on right in the face and walked off. Um, and that was basically... That was basically that. Um, anyway, listen, I've gone way over my half hour, guys. Um, we're now in Denmark, and uh, it's, uh, the stories are um, generally a little bit better than that one. <laughs> oh, God. But um, we're now in Denmark, and uh, and this is where we're going to be for a while. So... I hope you're all well where you are, and I'll see you all again soon. Bye now.